Your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to episode 127 of 2, 5, and 10. And Benny, there is great news. We are now just not uh, talking about the NHL anymore. We're also covering college hockey because it seems as uh, that's the way we're going here with the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, yeah. I was like, where is he going with this? <laughs> I was like, do we have a new analyst? <laughs> I was like, oh, God, we have a Stratford segment to talk about uh, UMass. <laughs> um, yeah, the Coyotes, uh, Arizona State Coyotes is what I'll be calling them. Um, that arena is a joke. And I know it's supposed to be temporary, but the new arena in Tempe hasn't even been approved yet by the city council or, st- or the state. The owner can't pay its current bills so i don't know where it's expecting to get the funding on its own to pay for their portion of the arena and development um so the plan is they'll move into asu's new arena that's still being built right now play there for three seasons and then move into their new arena in tempe and can we discuss what what happens if it doesn't get approved and now they're playing in a college arena with no where else to go. And I don't know if they're actually putting chair backs in the arena, but like the picture that they posted, it looked the yeah, it looked like it was just like concrete benches the whole way around. Yeah, it's like, okay, season ticket, you get this sliver of silver. Well, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> if you pay an extra $25, we'll put a chair back on your concrete stand. And, uh, you know, you know uh, and if you want, we could put a temporary cup holder on the floor for you. Yeah, it's uh, PSLs for the bench. Dude, I like... I am fucking blown away that the NHL is going to allow this. Like, we this discuss revenue awesome. all the time, right? And players having a debt. You're trying to tell me moving to a 5,000-seat arena is going to better this team? Well, the thing is, well, two. First thing about that is there's an article on The Athletic where other team owners and uh, team presidents went off the record and basically said, the rest of the league is livid at the situation because 5,000 seat arena, that's going to bring down hockey related revenue. Oh, it's going to, it's going to artificially depress the salary cap. Like it's a huge fucking loss. And then the other owners are saying because of revenue sharing, if they're moving to a college arena, we're not giving them any more money. Like they're making it a proactive choice to limit their revenue so then they're going to come crying poverty we're not paying for it and i don't blame any one of them for that yeah 
The second thing is, listen, everybody, I know it's tradition. It's like booing Goodell at the NFL draft. Everybody boos Bettman when he awards the Stanley Cup. And certain fan bases have more of a case than others about hating Bettman. I think overall, if you, when you look at his total body of work, he's helped grow the game. He, obviously, he's made stupid decisions. Um, the whole fighting, the concussion lawsuit is one thing. But his arrogance and his stubbornness with not wanting to admit fault with the Coyotes being in Arizona is a huge black mark on his record to me. Oh, absolutely. Like, like it hasn't worked out. Listen, you're going to try shit throughout life. That's not going to work out. That's life, right? There's some things you're not going to be good at. This is one that is a complete fail, but for whatever reason, he cannot seem to pull them out of that desert. Cannot. It would have worked. Again, this goes back to that move, the decision to move from Mm -hmm. Phoenix. Agreed completely. If they built an arena in Phoenix or on the outskirts of Phoenix, they would have been okay. The fans were there the first couple Mm -hmm. years. They moved to Glendale. That's what fucked them. It's basically what I like in this type of thinking is in this situation is you're at the craps table and you're down big. And instead of walking away and cutting your losses, you go, well, I got to win my money back. And then you keep digging yourself a bigger hole. Walk away. You fucked up by leaving Phoenix. It's regrettable. Hindsight's 2020 now. You want to try and fix it by moving to Tempe. You cut your losses, dude. Do do you think they're playing in a central division, first of all, meanwhile, they're in the Western time zone. So. All their divisional opponents get fucking dicked over for start times when they play the Coyotes in Arizona. Well, hold on. I actually found this out while I was working uh, dispatching cars. Arizona never changes their clocks. So oh, yeah, so it true. goes by that- hour thing. So if we're an hour, if we fall back, they're now three hours. If we spring forward, they're now two hours. They never change theirs, which I thought was an interesting tidbit. I never knew. So how does that impact, let's say, like the Minnesota Wild who are on Central Time? Uh, so for Central Time, they would only be an hour behind. But when okay. you jump, when they fall back, they're two hours. Okay. That's still a pain. I, I mean, that's the whole reason why when they did a realignment, the Red Wings fought, fought so hard behind the scenes and moved back to the East because of the start time. Oh, the, well, the Red Wings were yeah. getting screwed because it was the travel, yeah. too. Everyone else... To the east of them, travel wasn't bad at all. They're running a Western Conference schedule. They're like, what the fuck? That reminds me, uh, Artem Anisimov came up with the Rangers, had that uh, his most memorable memorable career moments likely going to be when uh, he started that melee against Tampa Bay by shooting (laughs) at uh, the goalie. But he played his first couple years with the Rangers, then got traded to the Blue Jackets in a Rick Nash deal. Uh, still stayed in the Eastern Conference and in that division. And then when he ended up in Chicago, he was talking to Jonathan Taves, and he's like, wow, so this travels crazy because now he's in a Western Conference and he's flying from Chicago. Yeah, to L.A. Home game yeah. on Monday, to L.A. on a Wednesday, to Vancouver on a Thursday, and then down to Dallas. Meanwhile, when he was at the Rangers, you – you could basically take a train 
to play five of the conference opponents, and you're never uh, more than, I think, 300 miles away from an opponent. No, and I mean, in the other part, too, it's like they play the Islanders, they get a black car service at the house, pick them up. They play the Devils, same exact thing. They take Amtrak down to Philly and D.C. DC, So so you're there. The only ones I think that that time for in conference that you were flying for was uh, Carolina and Tampa. That was it. Yeah, and Florida, yeah. But but for the record, if you hear snoring right now, it's not me. Joey is completely knocked out next to me, snoring up a storm. So I'm awake, (laughs) if anyone's wondering. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's going to happen. I think at this point, I know they're pushing Tempe. I think that's their Hail Mary. I think the NHL is basically looking at it as, let's give it a shot, see what happens. Maybe we go to Tempe, it reverses the franchise's fortunes. We're all good. All right, now now let's pull an audible, though, right? Now, with this failed experience, and I mean, it's failed. It's not like we're sugarcoating this in the least. Now with this field experience, do you think this is part of the reason why they may be nervous to move to Houston? Like they've already failed this franchise once, you know, fool me once, shame on, shame on me or shame on whatever the fuck it is. Fool me twice, shame on you. Like who are they going to blame on this if they go to Houston and it fails? So now it's like they need a guaranteed market that is going to make them money. Like there's nothing else. I mean, yeah. The thing is, I don't think they're expecting Tempe to pull through. Uh, okay, but and if I that doesn't happen, it's like, okay, you've already said that you're you're going to be at Arizona State for three years. You made an agreement with them for three years, but it's like, but what's the ultimate play here? Uh, okay, the ultimate play is to find a market that can sustain a hockey team. Great, I get it. But where are you going? And now it's like Houston has, I get it, a lot of population, a lot of money. You can add to that thing. Fourth largest market in the Yeah, but it's like now, do you do Houston? Or are you nervous that that's going to be a bust? I mean, you see the Dallas Stars when they first came in. Like, you know, outside of Mike Madano and Darian Hatcher, there was a lull there where they were giving away, to you know, $2 bear nights just to put people in the fucking seats. Yeah, so... Here's my thought about that whole thing. I know I've been on a Houston thing because uh, they're moving them to the Central Division. It fits. It's a huge market. So I don't think they're expecting Tempe to happen. The int- the reason why I think that is that agreement with ASU has an out clause after year one. Yeah, ASU is going to boot them and say, we, we have a bigger draw than you do. Why don't you guys go? So what I think is happening is if the arena somehow gets approved, then they'll go, okay, we'll save for the three years. They'll figure out the revenue situation, whatever. If it doesn't get approved, they'll play there for one year. And then they're going to leave after that one year and be done with Arizona entirely. One, if they're going to be going to Texas to stay in there, I'd rather go to Austin than Houston because one, it's a state capital. Two, there's a uh, growing, yeah, Austin's growing. Fortune 500 presence. There's a lot of people going. So you there. have, yeah, yeah, you have sponsors. You have the college. So you have that built-in audience. The entire school calendar year is the hockey season. So um, Austin, Massachusetts. <laughs> so I don't think they're going there. I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to go to Quebec. 
and they're going to put one of the they're going to do a, another quick little realignment and one of the teams that are currently in the east are going to get booted to the west and like to even that out like we've already like right now we're even right like we got 32 we got 16 on each side yep i mean who, who draws the short straw though is it is it columbus is it detroit like I don't see any of the Canadian teams that are up there shifting. I don't see any of the New York teams. Yeah. My thing is, in an ideal scenario, you would help figure this out. You would move Nashville to the Eastern Conference. You would move Florida, like, in you know, in, like, the fantasy scenario that we always talk about. Like, what would we do if we were commissioner? That's not going to happen, obviously. So you're looking at the Eastern Conference. There's not, like... There's not really anybody up for discussion. Like they're all Eastern Time Zone. Like there, there's no like swing state. Like the only set, the only thing I think they might be able to pull off is if they stop doing the eight team divisions and they do four four team divisions, and then they can break it up that way, and nobody needs to necessarily move conferences, but they can fit Quebec in without worrying about Quebec being in a central division. Uh, That's the only thing I can think of. I just, uh, that sounds like more of a fucking pain in the ass. It's a mess. Because it's like, even if you went, right, you you look at the Atlantic, we have Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa all in the same division. Like, already. So it's like, are are we overstuffing? Like, like what is it? I don't don't know. Oh, no. So here's here's what you would do, right? You would do the Bruins, Rangers, Islanders, and Devils in one division. Do you think they would actually do that, though? Because they haven't done it yet. I mean, if they're now they have thirty-two teams, they they don't have they have the uh, pool of franchises to be able to like break it up a little bit. I know the Montreal and Bruins rivalry, but it's you have better odds of them playing in a conference final with the winner going to the Stanley Cup when they're not in the same division versus when they're playing in the same division. So maybe that will balance that off a little bit, uh, and then you would have. Quebec, Montreal, Ottawa, and Buffalo in one division. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, right? that's the north. And then, yeah, and then you have Toronto, Detroit, uh, Toronto, Detroit, Columbus, Abdu, Pittsburgh, and Columbus. Over that way. And then you would have Philly, the Caps, Carolina, and fuck, what, Nashville? If you brought them over. Yeah, and then the, the two Florida teams, it would basically be a repeat – of the Southeast division from back in the day, it'd be Florida, Tampa Bay, Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this. Uh, slim I, I, I used to hate that. that Southeast division, how a division yeah. leader would always get, they'd be the division leader. The third place with 58 points, like fuck off <laughs> every year. Whoever played them in a the first round, it would, it was almost like a guaranteed six, three upset. Oh, yeah. I just, I can't, <laughs> but yeah. So the Kyrie situation is a fucking mess. I can't, it's just, arrogance at this point i don't think they're expecting it to happen okay and even if it works right they get the arena approved they have to suffer and be a basic they're not going to be a league embarrassment by the way they're going to be a north american sports embarrassment by playing in a college arena like it's a fucking joke it is a joke they're going to deal with that for three years and then they get to a new arena if you're just like a casual person or like not really a hockey fan in Tempe and all of a sudden 
the Coyotes have their new arena, all you've heard about them is how much they don't pay bills, they don't have a home, they're a joke, they're playing in a college arena. What is the appeal for you to be like, I want to get season tickets to this fucking thing? Because they're giving them away. Because you know what it is? If you're a hockey fan and you're like, hey, I can at least get a great deal here when, you know, Toronto, you know, Austin Matthews comes to town. Oh, I, I really like the original six teams. I could see all of them when they come here. Like, what are they going to do? Put tickets at a premium? They can't even fucking sell them where they are. Now, the other thing is, looking at the surface, Tempe is 20 minutes outside of Phoenix, which is the same distance that Glendale is from Phoenix. Now, I know Tempe is the richer side of the city. Glendale isn't. There's more stuff going on. Tempe is more built up, so I know that difference, but it's still not Phoenix. Yeah, that's still <laughs> not where you should be. Yeah, I agree. So the worst thing you can have happen is what the Miami Marlins are in baseball. They go, they just need a new stadium, and then the fans will come. And then they build a new stadium, and nobody still fucking comes, and now you, you're stuck in that market for 20 years until that – building is paid off that's the worst thing that can happen they go this arena is going to solve all their issues they start and then nothing changes and now they're stuck in tempe for 15 20 25 years because they have a lease with the city and the city probably contributed some tax money to it and it can't fucking leave doing great babe you're doing great yeah that's why i'm saying this is your time to cut your losses because you're just going to give dig a deeper hole if you stay i'll take mine with cheese thanks <laughs> Um. Uh, yes, that's the Coyote situation. I know the All Star Game happened between the last time we recorded and tonight, but don't care. <laughs> as as the general sentiment goes, who gives yeah. a fuck? Like, I I tried watching it, man. Like, we have a podcast talking about hockey, and I couldn't watch. I it. sat down on the couch after work, and I think it was like straight hours, and I believe I watched one shift. Ironically, when I turned it on, it was the. Uh, Atlantic Division, Patrice Bergeron had the puck coming in over the blue line, and then I passed out. Like, that was it. <laughs> that was it. That's all I remember of the All-Star like, game. It's basically a three-on-none breakaway competition. Yeah, I don't even think I, I, don't even think I saw a shot. Back checks and touch yeah. the well, they had the audio of Johnny Goodrow so, when he had it. Not Johnny. Uh, oh, my God. Can you talk about a fucking he, Johnny Goodrow comes back. Like, doesn't even, like crossover backwards skating he just goes oh no <laughs> that's it <laughs> but him mic'd up man like jesus like snooze fest no personality on that huh, i wonder if uh brad marshan was there if they would have got great audio but we can talk about that later yeah they could have put um one of the kachucks ones there there yeah. i do Although you probably won't be able to hear him over the muffled chewing of the fucking. Well, I was gonna say, if anything, they should have mic'd up Big Walt. That would have been well worth the price of admission. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, moving on. Besides Phoenix, uh, we'll start talking about Montreal a little bit. So they, I don't know if it was last episode or the one before that, we talked about them hiring Hughes as the new GM. Uh, They go over a guy rookie never was a GM before, taking a shot on him. And they turn around and then do the same thing after firing... Dominique uh, Ducharme. Ducharme, and they go with Martin St. fucking Dude, Louis. I love it. I 
no coaching experience, nothing. Just coming on yeah, in. <laughs> you know what? Like, so I see the thing and I go, wow. I, like, I have no question that it was a Gorton hire. But like, I'm. A, I said that to you, right? Uh, on Instagram. I was just like, whoa. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I will tell you this. Martin St. Louis is a guy who has been doubted his whole life on everything. You're not tall enough. Yeah. You're not strong enough. You're not fast enough. You you can't shoot as hard. Martin, quad, Sa- yeah, like <laughs> Martin St. Louis has proved everybody wrong his whole, not career, his life. And to me, like, you know what? Maybe he tries coaching and it doesn't work. But this guy has the experience. He, he has the people skills for the room. He knows what the boys want. He, I mean, he's been a player. He knows when he need an off day. He knows when he need a night out. Uh, one of the biggest things that he said that I really liked was that he said, in my career from experience, uh, I do not like playing a quote-unquote system because anytime oh, yeah. I have played a system, it feels like it completely takes away from you know creative skills, and that's one thing that I do not want to do. And I love that. I mean, ju- just as a guy knowing, like, hey, I have a really good offensive talent. Like, I, like you know, say I'm Mark Savard and I'm a great passer and I know my strong suit, but I need to play a certain system as to how to do it. And knowing that this guy's going to say, you know what, P- play to your strengths, that's fucking awesome. And you know that he's a guy, too, that's going to come in and say, hey, day one, you know, you've made the NHL roster. If there's any bonuses or anything that you need to hit as a player, come knock on my door. So I, if it's ice time, if it's a plus minus, if it's power play goal, like knock on my door, I'm more than willing to have the conversation. Like that's awesome. And such a big relief. And I know that Montreal, just with the media and having to be French and, and all the things that go along with it, I think it's, it's not going to bother. No, him. no, for him it's not, but I think you bring him in as a coach and now you have, players who would actually want to go there for the coach i think that changes your outlook i think that changes the way that the team plays i think you're going to get a whole lot more i mean cole caulfield said come out and said he goes that was the guy i looked up to my whole career he's the reason why i wear this number he's the reason why i play hockey like you're trying to tell me that cole caulfield who has had an awful fucking year is not going to turn it around right now like it, it, he is going to turn around this whole team be already at that point this year where it's not going to happen you're so far out of the race but going into a clean slate next year if they give him this job i think you have a whole new team and i think you have a whole new signings to go there yeah the thing i mean i appreciate what he said about not having a system but so then what like my sarcastic response is okay so then what are you telling the guys at practice all right guys just get out there and uh Whatever happens, happens. Like no, I, 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 I don't. I, I don't think it's that sensitive. I mean, <laughs> you know, defensively, you know, puck slow. Don't drop both your D behind the red line unless you have the puck and he's giving you a D to D. Like I think it's just going to be a simple, quote unquote, system as to how to break out the puck. But I think he's almost going to be like Peter Peter Laviolette in essence, where Laviolette has come out and he has said for his system. He wants his D to attack because when his first thing is once as we get the puck, I want to transition and play fast hockey and get up ice. So it's not about being 
a stay-at-home defenseman and close in your lane. Obviously, that's part of the game. But your next part is if you know you have your stick in that lane and you take a puck down to transition the puck up the ice, whether it's you're taking two or three hard strides and giving a pass or whether you see a guy going and making that pass. Like, I just think defensively, obviously, you're going to have some face-off plays. You're going to have certain guys set up in certain places. But outside of that, it is going to be fast transitional hockey. Yeah, and I agree to a, a certain extent. Obviously, I was just being sarcastic, but I feel like systems are a crutch of ineffective coaches where they're so insecure about, you got to play my system, my system, my system. Even if your style doesn't fit my system, I'm going to force you to play it. And we. that's the vibe I got from Quinn, to be honest. Remember, I kept saying, like, great, returning Kako into a two-way fucking forward. Yep. Awesome. So I, I agree with the excitement. I think the fact that they made this decision now was smart because now they get a trial run to see if it if just completely doesn't work out. At least they don't have a three-year contract, and now halfway into the first year, they got to make another change. So I think it's good they made the call now. Um, and like you said, it – if it does work, it does bring this air of respectability to the position in the organization that you weren't getting reduction right. So. Well, does it make you at least feel better? I know how we always have this talk about coaches and general managers, that this is not a recycled guy. This is a brand new guy. Into the oh, mix. yeah. Yeah, I love it. Like, everybody starts somewhere, right? Like, I know Cooper had AHL experience and college experience and all that, but... He was the first time rookie head coach in the National Hockey League. Tampa Bay took a shot on him. He did okay. So, you know what I mean? So everyone has to start somewhere, even the guys that get recycled. But at some point, you can't keep bringing the same dudes Agreed. Back. And speaking of Cooper and Tampa Bay, just one thing that happened this week. Patrick Maroon with another two-year extension for an average annual value of $1 million for each year. So just stretching out the career, trying to go back to back to back to back. We'll see what happens. And also with that cap hit, obviously helps the team out. I wonder if there's some type of uh... – sorry, I was just watching. I thought there was going to be – I thought Crowder was about to drop oh, the Oh, the Rangers <laughs> just scored. Um, remember, I'm like a minute behind well, you. <laughs> I didn't see who it was. I know Gauthier's on the ice. Gauthier definitely didn't mm, score. He can't score in a fucking no, whorehouse. Uh, Heedle. Okay, first game back. Nice. Um, yeah, I just think so. With Maroon, there has to be some type of like off the record handshake agreement that, like, hey, when you retire, you have a position with us to make still keep earning some money that will make up for you taking uh, hits for the salary cap. Well, the one thing, like an advisor to the GM, and he'll get paid like. A million and a half a year. Well, well, the one thing, too, is uh, Cooper actually coached him in junior when he was a part of, like, you know, those junior hockey workers, which is pretty cool when you look at it. Like, you know, you've had the same coach for a long time. Yeah, I I love Maroon, man. For such a big guy who plays such a hard style, really never does anything dirty. No, just... Never really crosses that well, line. I also think, too, that, that that's a big man coming down the wing. I just don't think people are getting yeah. in the way either, you know? <laughs> like, ah, we'll just dodge this body check. It's all right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so 
that happens in Montreal. And then also they kind of unofficially kick off trade deadline season with the first notable trade uh, sending to Foley to Calgary for Pitlick, uh, Emil, I'm blank on his name. I don't have the tab open in front of me, but a young forward prospect, a first and a fifth. Pretty hefty uh, return for Montreal. For I, I love it both ways. I, I think for Montreal, who's rebuilding, th- this is a crucial point to start. Get as many picks as you can. See if at the deadline whether you're going to be, you know, now that you have two first-round picks, it, you can, you know, sell and or buy. You never know what, what comes yeah. to the table, right? As for Toffoli, I love it. I mean, Toffoli's reunited with Sutter, who, who he's won a cup with, reunited with Lucic and Trevor Lewis, like, I think you are going to see a new Tyler Toffoli. Uh, the Flames GM there, Trevling, was out there saying he's been trying to get Toffoli for years, and he expects him to transition right into this lineup and not be a problem. And I love it. I, I like Tyler Toffoli. I've always liked Toffoli. He, he's always been a player where he's not an elite sniper, but, I mean, he scores goals in the league. He'll get you 15-20. Yeah, and, I mean, year. when – even when it's not working, he doesn't go completely blank, right? You, you know, he, he's yep. still in the lineup. He's there. He's not Jake DeBrusque. So he's the two-way Michael Ryder. Oh, I fucking <laughs> hated Michael Ryder. But um, oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no. I think it just lengthens the lineup because now Calgary's first line this year has obviously been really overperforming. Maybe not from a talent level, but carrying the team now you have the second line where you could put Toffoli there on the right side and lengthen that lineup a little bit um or put him with Monaghan to see if you can get him going again offensively so I like to deal from Calgary's point of view too I don't think losing Pitlick or the other kid is a huge deal so it's really um a first and then some assets that you might have been able to use in another trade and you bring in a guy who's going to help your top nine yeah and I mean Already, you can tell that there was already certain guys who liked him in the room. I mean, Lucic picked him up at the airport last night. You know, yeah. So it's like, I just think that guy is going to a place where he is welcomed with open arms. Like, you know how you get traded to an organization, you don't know anyone. It's kind of awkward. You know, you got to start over. I think he's going to walk right into that room, and he can be the, the same guy that he is day in and day out. He doesn't have to impress anybody. And I think for a, a guy there, knowing that you're wanted and knowing that a GM yep. has been, yeah, a GM that has been chasing you, a coach that you have history with, like, I think this is going to be a great transition for him. Do you think that sets the bar where you're looking at a JT Miller trade? And if Tyler Toffoli gets Ugh. two prospects, a first and a fifth, now those prospects <laughs> aren't like, class a level top tier prospects they're more like depth pieces um for a team if they pan out but if defoli brings back four assets i know the asking price there was a thing on the athletic today where right uh readers submitted their trade proposals and then actual executives said if it was uh if they would say yes or no to yeah. the deal and they said for jt miller to the rangers Niels Lundqvist, Vitaly Kravtsov, and a first. And a person said that Vancouver would take that. If that's what Vancouver would take, you'd be in New York already. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, I think this is the problem, though, too, right, in general. You always want to see as to what the market is, right? And, I mean, 
Toffoli has a very team-friendly deal. He's 29 years old, 4.25 for this season and then two more after. Like, I, I think that it, it's very doable, and I think for a team like Calgary who is built young, I, I think that is a very nice trade-off. And, and I'm going to pull yeah. up right now. I'm going to pull up Millersdale. Just to... Miller her 5.25 uh, this year and next, and then he's U- and, see, and that's not a bad deal either. No. That's a very good deal for it. He's developed into a first line forward. He could play all three forward positions, yeah. so brings versatility mm-hmm. there. Like if the Rangers make the move for him, obviously I want them to keep Strom. But if Strom leaves, like if some team gives him seven million a year, now you move Miller to two C. Yeah, and you got that whole field. So I think the Rangers are going to go hard after him. Uh, I know we'll get into like trade that line a little preview of us, but I think that sets the bar. It's not going to be a prospect and a pick. It's going to be a roster player, a prospect, like a class A prospect and a first rounder, at least to get Miller. Yeah. I mean, this is the other thing too, right? At least if you're Vancouver, like they don't have any cap space. So I I think they're trying to shed in whether it's prospects and draft picks. So probably the same thing that Calgary just did, You, you know, I think they're trying to rebuild themselves that way. And they hired the right guy, like I said, when they brought Gorton in. If you're looking to rebuild on the fly, he's the guy you want. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think right now, though, too, like Vancouver is in a awkward spot. Like They can still make the playoffs. Well, no, it's like it's awkward in the sense of, like, they fired, um, Jesus, Benning halfway through. They just brought in Alvin, and it's like, does Alvin on the other end have a completely, like, hey, do whatever you can to better this team? Or is it kind of like, why don't you start transitioning in the summertime? You know, like, I don't know what is or what isn't. And that's the thing. And that's it. Yeah, they're not forced to trade Miller. He's not a UFA after this year. They can hold on to him for a run, especially Boudreaux doesn't take this job to rebuild. No, but Boudreaux yeah. doesn't want to be at NHL Network anymore. But working next to Jackie Redman, I, that would be a tough sell for me. <laughs> if I can take me out of there. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And like I said, we'll transition to Bruins Rangers here, which we've been waiting, my friend, since it happened to get into this on an episode. Bradley Marchand and his suspension and what led to the suspension. Let's go. Let me hear it. I I would like to hear your take. All right. So my take is pretty simple. It was a selfish move to go out of your way to continue that situation, right? I don't think the first little run-in, I didn't have really much of a problem with that. Like the little jab to the helmet, you let the guys on the ice handle that, right? Like if somebody did that to Igor, you jump the guy, you fight him, whole big melee. That type of force... I don't think that's suspension worthy. Oh, oh no. I mean, and Jari yeah. sold that too. I mean, flopped right over. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it carries over, right? So it's at the end of the second period. It was a sick one for me. Well, that that's what gets him suspended. The, the, the recklessness, yeah. right? The reckless. And so obviously it didn't injure him. Jari dove essentially for that again. But why do you feel the need to do that extra part? and then hurt your team for that game and the next six. That's my first point with 
what happened. The second point is when Marshan acts surprised that the only reason why he got suspended was because he has a history of suspensions. Yeah, that's how the fucking league operates, dude. Like, the more times you do stupid shit or cause injuries, the longer your suspensions are going to be. Hence, Tom Wilson. Like, Marshan, you have a history. Stop being a fucking idiot and costing your team games as your leading scorer, essentially. Um, and you won't be in a position. Like, I don't get this. I was just like, rolled my eyes at his like, this is only because of track record. Yeah, no shit, dude. So that that's really my two takeaways. The punch, if you want to call it that, whatever shit happens. It was him being selfish enough to go, you know what? My vendetta right now matters more than the team. So I'm going to do this and then get annoyed when I get suspended and be like, it's only because I've done other shit in the past. Yeah, that's how it works, dude. Uh, th- this is my take, right? So uh, just regarding previous to that game. Yeah. Brad Marchand has been extremely vocal lately on the Twitter. Oh, yeah. You think that's part Absolutely. of it? Absolutely. A- 100%. Uh, very vocal about the Olympics. Very vocal to the Carolina Hurricanes as to why they pay extra for escrow. I mean, very vocal, like the Coyotes. And then it's like Brad Marchand has been the best player on our team by far. N- yeah. Non-negotiable. Like, like there's no talking about this. Destroy that stirs the drink. Now we go further and, hey, you know, Patrice Bergeron went to the All-Star game. Maybe it's Bergie's last All-Star game. All right. Well, uh, we'll take it as is, right? Now we look at it and go, okay, maybe that was the NHL's reasoning behind it, but the NHL does not like him. And how big of a fucking slap in the face is it that Alex Ovechkin gets COVID and cannot go to the all-star game? And who does the NHL select? Tom, Tom Tom fucking Wilson. So you're telling me, you're telling me that Tom Wilson deserves the all-star game over fucking Brad Marchand. I think Brad Marchand... Don't you have to select from the same team? Yeah, you have to select from the same team, but, I mean, in general, you're trying to tell me... If I can, it's, no, okay, I got it. Because Ovi was hurt, so they replaced from the same team. I, I get it. Yeah. But now you go to the other way, and it's like, this is Marchand's first game back. The Olympics have started. First game after the All-Star game where Tom Wilson gets the nod over you. I think the man was a little hot, hot and bothered. And you could see it at the end of the second period when so he was kind of simmering, the, simmering whole the whole night. And you see Tristan Jari go to flip a puck to a fan at the end of the second. And Brad Bishop oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. comes around the net and whacks the puck right off his paddle. I loved yeah. it. What, like, what was the point loved of that? It. I loved every second of it. And then he picked the puck up. Okay, I have a question then. I have a yeah. question then. Obviously, there's not much of a track record with Swayman or Omar. But let's go back to... Peak Bruin Stanley Cup contention, Tuca and Net. You guys are on a road playing Philly. Yep. And Zach Ronaldo does that to Tuca. Are you okay with no. that? You don't want any type of no, reaction? No, but this is the thing, right? That whole night, Pittsburgh had no reaction to any of it. So that happened at the end of the thing. There's a few words. Marchand throws the puck across the ice so no one gets it. Carries <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> 
Okay, so now we get to the incident. And right before this happened, Tristan Jari gives a Billy Smith-esque two-hander to Charlie Coyle. Right in the arm slash stomach. Comes right out and whacks him. Yeah. And then Jari makes the save, and he churns right to Martian from behind the net, and he's jarring. You, you can see he's saying something to him. I mean, as for what it was, who knows? Uh, Brad Martian then comes in. I would say he punches him, but I mean, this isn't a wind-up punch. This is just a quick a jab. jab from the thing. Yeah. Jari drops like he's shot. Yeah. Okay, yeah. now everyone comes together, and yet again, there is still no one on the Pittsburgh Penguins that does a fucking thing to Brad Marchand. I think that's going to, that, by the way, side note for the deadline, I think that awakened uh, Pittsburgh to the realization that they need some boys. Oh, to dude, get and in a here. Brian Burke team, like he might not be the GM, yep. but it might be Hexton. Burke is probably losing oh, his dude, fucking Bur- mind. Burke is probably selling the farm right now for toughness. Hey, listen, hey, you want Jared Tenorti? Give us a second yeah, rounder. <laughs> but it's like, that's what it is. So now... So I agree with you there. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I'm, not, I'm not talking out of line. So now Marchand, maybe he's trying to fight someone there, and no one comes at him. So now he circles the wagon again to then jab Jari. So he's just trying to get somebody to go Correct. with Correct. You know, he, he he's frustrated. He, he's trying to go, okay. So now you bring in, you come over, and now you do the, the stick thing. I don't agree with the stick thing. I, I think that was just stupid. L- l- like, you, yeah. you already got your shot in. You were going to get two minutes. No big deal. Like, carry on, right? Yeah. So, so now that yeah. happens. All right. But you're trying to tell me what had transpired there is six games worthy? And I texted you this the other day. Aaron Dell completely smokes Drake Batherson on Ottawa. <laughs> And yeah, breaks him, his man. leg into the boards with injury and gets was having such a three good games. Year. Now we go further where we're discussing injuries and intent and people getting injured. So the first game after the Dell doesn't have a history uh, though. Uh, oh, no history, so it doesn't matter, right? But so the infraction you make doesn't matter unless you have fucking history. No, I'm saying the reason you brought it up and saying uh, comparing it to the Marshan thing, I was like, well, yeah, Marshan has a history, which is why he got the longer suspension. I think Dell should get suspended. Oh, okay, but but now the action doesn't matter. It's just because I have a history. So Marsh. No, no, no. Here, here's my point. Here's my point. The whole <clears throat> the whole suspension, uh, the tiering that the NHL has done has fucked themselves, backed them into a corner all along because. Sometimes somebody gets hurt and it's one game. Other times it's not even a phone call with player safety. Other times it's 20 games. There's no rhyme or reason to it. So your annoyance about so a history matters more than what actually happens is justified in the sense that that the NHL has done that to themselves. Oh, correct. But it's like if, we, we look at everything that has happened, right? And we'll look at this year. Yeah. Martian got a suspended earlier this year for a slew foot that no one even saw. Uh, like we we like oh, we we we, 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 we didn't even know like oh he, he slew yeah. at somebody and he got three games for it and Subban gets nothing exactly and, and this is the problem that I have right so we go from that and then right after Martian got suspended we play the Seattle Kraken and guess what happens when we play the Kraken Euro Vakaninen gets completely run from behind by Yanni Gou oh yeah Holy busted shit. open concussed has not come back not come back to work yet and guess what. Not a thing happened to Yanni Gord. And then we play Saturday against Ottawa, 
and the player, you know, DPS finally does something, and they came in and they gave Austin Watson a two-game suspension due to a direct hit to the head of Jackacon. Now, this is the problem. Okay, was Martian reckless? Yes, I'm not denying that at all. There's not even anywhere close to a fucking injury here. Not even close, but because of my my past? But Tom Wilson can play in the fucking All-Star game? No, and, I get that. Tom so Wilson here's, got here's... a suspension for 20 fucking games for almost killing Sundstrom in the preseason. But yet again, he's not even a repeat offender, but he got the longest suspension in NHL fucking history? Yeah, so here's the, here's the thing. One, first of all, I don't think Nosek wants to go with fucking Shuba there. No, no, but I'll, I'll let him eat a punch or two to get yeah. get Shuba yeah. going. Um, so back to the Martian thing. Taking history out of it, right? Now we're just going based on the merit of what happened in the situation, Three games. right? A fine. Maybe, yeah. Like I, I think it was stupid. I'm not, I'm not saying it wasn't stupid. It was stupid, but it's he like he should get fined. But I also think for uh, incidents or findable offenses that happen outside the realm of play, the team should get fined as well, or the coach should get fined. Like you know, when a guy leaves the bench and a coach gets suspended mm-hmm. too. That should be the situation here because that'll help out weed out. They'll help weed out the assholes like Ronaldo who only there to be yeah, an, an instigator in the last five minutes. Yeah. yeah. So Marshand, stupid. But here's here's my thing. That's in the perfect world, right? It's not the perfect world. All the things you laid out about the league hates them, the track record. They have a thing out for him because of his social media. He should know that. And I know it's the heat of the moment. And he was pissed off and angry and stewing all night, apparently. But, but Betty, if but you that, if you hold hate hold on, hold on, me, on, you're going to say, well, I hate you because of social media? No, no, no. <laughs> let me finish. Let me finish. So I, I get that he's riled up. But he also should take into account that he's under a closer microscope, right? And I know it's... In the heat of moment, people may say he's not going to be thinking like that in that moment, right? But that's the di- distinction between someone who can check their emotions in a situation that might harm their team and those who can't. And I'm not saying Martian deserved a six-game suspension. I thought that was ridiculous. But if he's want, he's viewed as besides Bergeron. If Bergeron's off this team, Martian is the leader, right? If he's that type of player for the franchise, and he is one of the best players in the league for all of his warts, he's got to be able to control himself. You know what I mean? Even in the heat of the moment. That was my biggest takeaway from it was like, dude, like you keep saying like how much you've matured and grown. And then you have situations like this that show, yeah, it happens less frequently, but you're still a hothead. You can't control. But this is the other problem, right? If I'm Brad Marchand and I am, I am an elite player in this league. I am probably the second best left wing in the. Why league. don't you get the same treatment like a Sydney Crosby? Why not? Uh, be, because, because no, that's I, I'm agreeing with yeah, you. Because because I finish my checks. What? Because I give a guy because an extra left. Be, because I hate fucking. Because I wanted to go to the Olympics, but you decided against it. But but now we're lifting so all COVID protocols. Point. Like of course. I will say, this whole thing about track record. I, I wanted to look back at it because when Wilson got suspended and they said he wasn't a repeat offender because time had lapsed, mm-hmm. right? 
which is horseshit to begin with. Listen, I don't mind. Marsha, hold on. Marshan's suspensions. Yeah, he's gotten fun. He's done a couple other things recently. But when people think of Brad Marshand and being like that, uh, not an agitating player, but like a dirty player, that's from like 2011. Yeah, from when he, from when he clipped fucking uh, the Vancouver guys the first game back in Vancouver. But mind you, that whole Vancouver game was an absolute shit show. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, people are thinking about Martian because it was on such a large stage that whenever he gets into trouble, he gets no benefit of the doubt and everything else. I agree with that. But he should know. Like, that's my only point. He needs to understand that. Is it fair? No. Is it bullshit? Absolutely. But he also should know that and be able to factor yeah, that but, in. Yeah, but this is the other thing, right? And this is the shit that we discuss. We talk about growing the game. We talk about people of the game, right? Brad, Brad Marchand, yeah. a couple weeks ago when the Bruins are playing on TNT against the Wild and they have him mic'd up for warmups, you're trying to tell me that's not good for the game? He had everyone that's going. You, you have him at the All-Star game, you put a mic on him. You're trying to tell me that's not good for the game? Like, give that's me a fucking break. Saying, dude. The league is still run by guys who either played in the 70s or have been running things since the 80s and 90s. They're still old school where if you have a personality, you're not a team guy. And they drill the personality out of these kids. Like you saw with Johnny Goudreau at the All-Star game. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying here. But it's like, all right, but if we're going to argue that, then look at fucking Trevor Zegras. Okay, well, the guy says dude and bro a lot, but he can fucking score Michigan-style goals and alley-oops from behind the net. Is he good or bad for the what game? So uh, yeah, <laughs> like, is, is he good or bad? I don't know. Like, I, I am just so Again, fucking so done with this that's shit. Again, that's my issue with Martin. I don't agree with the suspension. It's just kind of like the mental aspect of it. Like, you, you need to be able to handle situations like that without costing your team games. Um, but in the end... Again, taking context out of it, I would have fined him. And for the Dell situation, yeah, he has no track record, except that two games earlier against the Flyers, I think, he did the exact same thing along the sideboards by the facial circle, but the guy didn't get hurt. So that's like an MO that he's been doing, and Bathurst got hurt. I would have I would have suspended him 10 games. Well, well like you said earlier, right? right? Batherson's having a great year. Now he's out for the year, and I mean – Hopefully yeah. it doesn't, you know, damage his career. You know, now that you have a, you're gonna have to get a, yeah, you're gonna have to get a your leg repaired. Who knows if it comes back the way it was? Yeah. But it's like yeah. Ottawa's been playing good. They were playing good, you know, before he got hurt too. And it sucks because, you know, I'm I'm not saying Ottawa's gonna make the playoffs, but I think they're finally starting to make a push here. They they've been playing really good hockey against really good teams. Like, and the Wings have been playing well this yeah, year too. Like, fuck man. <laughs> But yeah, so that's, I think it, it was hard to convey over a message what my annoyance of Marshall was about the whole situation. I'm like, I think I wrote back to you. Why? What's the point of this? Why? Why would this stick? Just go to the, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, just go. All right. Now, the other part of it's this, right? So say he goes right there and he doesn't yeah. do the stick, but he just throws his gloves off and he grabs Jari and starts beating him up. Now, Yet again, fighting is allowed in hockey. He had already punched the goalie and no one has done anything. Now is he going to be deemed even more because now he has hit, you know, an untouchable target even though Pittsburgh hasn't done anything to him? 
So clarify this for me, if you know off the top mm-hmm. of your head. If you've dropped the gloves after the whistle, is that the same as fighting after the game has ended? Where it all of a sudden it's like league review and you can get suspended automatically? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think the only thing is, so if you're in an altercation and then another altercation happens, the second altercation okay, yeah, is kicked right. out. So that's the weird thing, right? If he jumped Jari and just started fucking throwing haymakers, uh, technically it's not illegal. He wouldn't have gotten suspended for that. Yeah, he's just fighting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but a stick jab to to the you know to the upper chest they'll get you six games so it's like but I'm sure that it, because it is Martian that if he did just square up and drop the gloves to Jari after getting the penalty that he still would have gotten suspended I just I I don't know man like I I'm a strictly a firm believer in like you know I hate when people say you know do as I say not as I do and then they're blatantly breaking yeah. the rules but there has to be some sort of level ground here. And to me, that's that's the biggest fucking thing. It's like you can't turn around and shove it up his ass because tr- like this is, for example, like Theo Fleury, right? When Theo Fleury was finally cleaning it up, yeah. and now like yeah. Theo Fleury gets called a what do you, he got called a drunk by someone on St. Louis, and it was a big thing when he was playing for the Rangers. I remember uh, Coach Q was doing it, and Coach Q made the guy go apologize to Theo, and he's like, no. Like, there's certain shit we're going to allow and certain things we're not, and you're not going to be calling him that when the guy's trying to clean his life up. So, exactly. Like, you know, there's lines you don't cross. That Avery did that with uh, Jason Blake when Avery was on a Rangers. So, Blake had that cancer situation, yeah. and he made some type of uh, comment about his cancer. Like, not saying I'm glad you're back. I forgot what it was. I I'll look it up when we're doing our picks of the week and stuff. But basically saying like, you should have died from the cancer. Something along those. I would have told. I and started his whole uh, dude. Like <laughs> I would have laughed. Like if Avery said that to me and I was Blake, I'd be like, dude, that's fine. I hear you. For for a guy like you, that's what you need to go to, Sean, to stay in this league. Like on the other end, like. <laughs> Dude, like, I made more money being out with cancer than you have in your whole career. So, like, life is good for me, pal. And, like, okay. Yeah, so that's the only thing. Yeah, I agree to certain lines, and I know there is that blurring of the line with Marshand again and the Panarin situation. I don't think that crosses a line unless he was specifically talking about Panarin's family. I think civilians are off limits when it comes to that shit. Like, someone's family are off limits. I don't. I don't think he said anything like that. I think he just started talking about Russia. Yeah, they like, said Russia hates you. Karen, that bothers yeah. you, but like, like fucking up, Yeah, like man. I don't, I don't know what Jari said to Marshan to make him snap, but it was very direct towards him. You can see him jarring at him, like you know what? And maybe that's the other thing too, where Marshan needs thicker skin. There, like you're gonna, you're gonna let yeah. a goalie rattle you, really. I love how you got like so defensive over Bradley when you're like, yeah, maybe you should have thrown his gloves at him. I was like, all right, Kev, I got under your well, skin a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell I'll tell you off air what, what I was going to do, but unfortunately, it didn't go that way. So, rats. <laughs> um, but yeah, so before one other quick thing before we get into uh, trade deadline talk, and really, I know we kind of did a preview of what the Bruins need or should be looking forward to deadline and Rangers a couple of weeks ago. So maybe we just talked about targets, but Tuka announces his retirement. I know he's your boy. What do you, what are your thoughts on him wrapping it up? Um, unfortunate the way he had to go out. It sucks that you have to rehab and you're not the player you were. Um, 
internally, I mean, I, I will say I'm at least kind of happy because I, I wanted Swayman here strictly for development purposes. So on my end, like, like I'm happy that Swayman's here. I'm happy that we're already through this Tuca thing because I, I think it was going to kind of throw a monkey wrench in with us. So I'm happy we're done. I'm happy we're on to the next thing. And let's go from there. I mean, the, the problem, at least in Boston the past week when he announced his retirement was, see, he's not a player. He was never, he was never the guy. And, and it's like, dude, you, you realize, like, Tuca has the most games won out of any Bruins goaltender. Like most games won as a Bruins goalie. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll start he there. Was number one. Number one for like, like, like eleven years. He was our number one, our A one. We never wouldn't even gotten as close as we were without him. And it's like, let's call it the way it was. Some people, you know, they go back to 2013. Well, 2013 was the year. They go back to the one where we needed to win that one game, the last game of the regular season. Tuca was sick, wasn't able to do it, wasn't able to play, and that was the game. Some people bring up 2019. Like, call it the way Tuca was a top five goalie in this league for the past 11 years here. And without him here, we do not go as far as we could have gone. Plain and simple. Like, that's it. Now, the biggest question to me that has been pushed out is, uh, A, is he getting his number retired? And B, is he a Hall of Fame goalie? Uh, the way that I think that it works here in Boston, like, you know what? Jerry Cheevers never got his number retired here. And up until, you know, Tuca breaking his record, like, I don't think Tuca gets his number retired here. And I don't think he's a Hall of Fame goalie. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer either. He doesn't deserve a jersey retirement, but if there was like a ring of honor, he would. Yeah, agreed. I, I agree with that completely. But yeah, no. Um, As for completely taking the number off, no, I, I don't think so. Yeah, that should be rarefied air, a jersey retirement. Some teams just retire if you had a couple of good seasons with you. Oh, come on, say the name. I'm waiting for you to say the name. Come on, shoot it across. Who? Oh, no, no, I, I, I just thought you were going to make a Cam Neely reference because his career got shortened, but and I'm just waiting on you. Oh, no, no, uh, no. I, I'm thinking about, like, Mika Koivu getting his fucking jersey retired I, I, I was Minnesota. waiting for your fucking jab. I was waiting for it. No, no. <laughs> See, I only saved that for our personal. Oh, I, was, yeah. I was waiting for that one. I was like, this, this motherfucker wants no, to go because I'm jumping on that next to Sella. The Hank uh, Jersey retirement, like they had, uh, I was looking at all the jerseys that are retired from around a league, and some of them, like, Jesus fucking Christ, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, I heard but, Nashville's uh, going to retire Upshaw's number pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll retire Smashville as a banner. <laughs> yeah, with the Smashville jersey. Um,. So anyway, sp basically have your needs changed for the deadline and look at your top two or three needs and do you have specific targets in mind that if you're able to pull it off, obviously like being realistic of you can't just acquire every top player available, uh, who you would be kind of targeting for the Bruins. See, like this is always one of those things, right? I feel like anytime I look at something online – the Bruins are rumored for fucking everybody. They're like, there's no one, <laughs> no one off kilter. Like, oh, the Bruins are interested in so and so. They're interested in so. It's like, would JT Miller be in a great pickup for us for a second line center because we need one? Yes, yes, yeah. very much so. <laughs> I just don't know what we would be willing to give up for him. 
especially like we I don't think we have enough to get him, to like and and that's the thing right so we already talked about the uh Toffoli trade so now when we go the other way it's like okay so they gave up a roster player uh a first round draft pick a third oh it's about to it's ugly right now in the Bruins game so Igor just got ran over by who's that Craig Smith yeah, oh, so, so they're going at it right now in overtime. Um, in fairness, Smitty was going to the net, but... Uh, well, was it on purpose, or it's just a drive uh, and he had to well, He was going straight ahead after a puck, so I think it's oh. just kind of... They both ran in. Puck went into the net after. Is, the ref immediately called it off. I mean, Igor just lay there. Igor, yeah. right? I'm still behind Yeah, he, here. he's up and about. He's fine now. Okay. Igor is, uh, almost dropped a glove seal the other night when he got fucking slashed uh, yeah, before the long break. So he's going no, to like, go. Igor's at the top of the crease there. I mean, Smitty's trying to stop. I don't know why. Uh, ooh, yeah, La- okay. Lafreniere went at him, though, which is interesting. But Lafreniere, uh, he doesn't mind like, dropping a glove seal. Like, like I don't even know why he's that. Like, you can see the, all the snow from Smitty's skate there. Like... Oh yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, you were kind of sold out. Oh yeah, no, bit. he he definitely did. He he looked like he got shot from the fucking snipers up to oh, the rafters. Goodrow was on the ice. Yeah, Laffy's getting involved. All right. Yeah, but um, yeah, I just know what we're gonna give up. Uh, Sweeney came out the other day. He was talking about Jake DeBrusque, and he was saying like, "Yeah, I'm still trying to find a trade partner for Jake." But the problem that we have right now is we know, um we know what Jake's sailing is, so we're not going to sell ourselves short. So I feel like that already puts us in a corner because we don't know exactly what it is they're looking for, right? Like, are we looking for defensive help? I know we could use some. Are we looking for, you know, a legitimate top six player that we could go for? I don't know. Um, Eric Halla, I think, is a very expendable guy, but the problem we have here is Charlie Coyle has proven he is not a second line center and Eric Halla has stepped yeah. into that role for us. And I mean, he's played. Okay. Is he a second line center? No, not even close. But I mean, as for what this team has needed, like, yes, he's done very good. Um, Nick Felino though, has been awful. Like, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. I, unfortunately, I think this is the last stop the guy has. So if we could get rid of him for something, like I, I wouldn't mind doing it. Uh, no sick has played very well for us. Uh, I know we, we talked about the Martian suspension, but going in a different direction, I it, it's made some people have to play a lot better. And at least tonight watching this game, the 11-12-13 line of uh, Frederick, Smith, and Coyle, they have played very well together. And I don't know if we're going to be able to keep them together when um, Martian and Bergeron get back. But I was I was sending a message earlier, and I'm going... You know what? Like, if we look at the lines and we push them out a certain way, so we could go Martian, Bergeron, Pasternak, Hall, Halla, DeBrusque, maybe. And then we go Frederick Coyle, Smith, and then maybe Lazar, Nosik, Felino, or something like that. So I don't know. Uh, one thing I have seen with this suspension injury is that uh, Jack Stanika has come up and he has played very well. He is not lighting up a score sheet, but he is indeed just, um, he's playing very good sound and smart hockey, right? Like he's not getting any minuses, you know, very well in the defensive zone, making very strong plays offensively. 
Like, I, I think if you're looking for the future, this was Jack Studnika's call-up to never get sent back down to Providence. Like, yeah. I think yeah. this was crucial for him on that standpoint. Now, as for trade targets, like, I, I don't know how many times I can say second-line center, but like you said, I don't know if we have the assets to acquire that. Like, and now it's like, if we can't get that, do we just roll with what we have? I mean, we have a pick in each round this year. So we are set for the next three years. We have all of our picks in every round. But what is something going to cost us? Like, is Yero Vakaninen going to be the guy who we ship out? Is Jacob Zaboro going to be the guy who we ship out? Or are we going to have to go a little bit deeper? Like, I heard that Fabian Lizell has been the eyes of the Vancouver Canucks because he's playing for the Vancouver Giants and is absolutely lighting up the WHL. So is that going to be something that we need for JT Miller? And that's something that I don't want to go, oh, dude, you're about to lose your mind. They're pulling Igor because of the spotter called for the concussion. Yeah. Really? He's been oh, dude, he just smashed his stick against the glass as he's walking off. Oh, yeah. That reminds me when uh, they asked Hank about it, and Hank's like, I'm not leaving the game. Like, what are you going to do? Oh. Oh, no, the, the ref rank. just threw him out. Like, legitimately, the ref had to go to the scorer's table, must have got the call from the spotter, and he signaled him as, like, you're out. The, spotter's the, the spotter needs to be a former fucking player, to be honest. Like, not a fucking medical doctor. Like, I know that sounds ass backwards, but Igor's fine. The, well, I mean, maybe that's the one where fucking Igor bit himself in the ass by selling it. He should have just fucking took in the hit and went from there. Like, you already made contact. Like, they're going to call off the goal no matter what. But, uh... Yeah, I, I just don't know what we have left. I know Zach Seneshin says he wants to leave because there's no room for advancement here. And, I mean, I, I just don't know what we have to give away. And it doesn't seem that way. Like, our top prospect and, you know, Beecher and Lizell, these are guys that if we end up going into next year and, God forbid, the mass exodus happens where Bergie's gone and now we're going to have to start signing players coming up for the future, like, Next year is David Pasternak's last year on this deal that he has. So it's like, we're going to have to start looking to fill the gap here. So I don't know. I just know that we need depth completely. We we need to be better defensively. Our bottom six is okay, but we're not tough enough either. But I'm, I'm not going to say try trade for a tough guy because that's it doesn't seem like a tough guy fits into our roster anymore. It seems like, yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's Sweeney or if it's, you know, Cassidy behind the bench, but it seems as if we have transitioned to the smaller lineup and smaller defensemen for, you know, puck mobility, which is fine, but we just don't have the toughness anymore. So a couple of things I would address second line center D and toughness XOXO. For a second line center, I know it came out reportedly that he, he's provided a list of teams and the Bruins aren't on it, but Claude Giroux, my man. I would love G. I just don't think, because every team that he stated on the thing was out of conference completely. Yeah. So it was Colorado, uh, St. Louis, and Minnesota. So those are the only teams that he gave for his no trade. you imagine him on the Avs, man? I, I think it makes the Avs a lot better. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Rangers, I'll keep this short and sweet. I've been harping on this pretty much all season long. We need uh, at least one right winger who can play in a top six. And at this point, if the Rangers had a preference, they would move Filipino Filipino off the center and put him on a wing. 
So then that means the Rangers need a 3C. On top of that, if they can add a 6th or 7th defenseman, like every other playoff team would like to add at the deadline, fantastic. Depends on the cost. Um, Like I said, I know they've been in for JT Miller, which would be the ideal add depending on cost. They were initially rumored with Giroux, but I don't think the Flyers would even trade him to the Rangers. And if I'm the Rangers, I'm not willing to improve the Flyers' long-term chances here uh, with prospects and picks. Now, is this an interesting yeah. spot for you guys to be in? Because you guys actually have about like just over $6 million in cap space. Usually you guys are like up to it every year. So is it weird actually yeah, going? Yeah, we can pretty much take on anybody. Yeah, so- I'll say it's weird for you guys going into a deadline where you don't really need to sell in essence. You could just buy, which is weird. Yeah, and the thing is you have to keep in mind is the whole reason why we traded Buchnevich was because we could afford him this year, but not next year and a year after that because Shisterkin is going to need – his deal is going to kick in. Fox got his big extension. Mika's extension is going to kick in. Strom's a free agent. Then Kako and Lafreniere need new deals, so – Ideally, I know Miller has one more year left after this, um, but you can't bring in a guy who has a huge cap hit and term left on his deal. So that kind of narrows the field a little bit if you're going big game hunting. My ideal, obviously, would be JT Miller. You put him on the right wing with Kreider and Zibanejad and kind of let him do his thing. He's also can play center, so if Strom leaves in free agency or somebody gets hurt you can slide the center kind of fills both holes for us there the other name that i would still look to add as a kind of a top non-role player is luckinen from montreal if we can get him for one of our topper uh top level defense prospects and a second rounder or something like that maybe add on another pick I would make that deal as well. He's the type of Jesper Foss type of player who might be able to work well with uh, Strom and Panarin on our right side. Now, my theme here that you're going to start picking up on is, he, and I'm going to do this on oh, purpose. I, I think Igor's back. Okay, so we're letting him do the, the shootout. Yeah, Igor probably was... There was no way he was going to miss a shootout. Well, I think they, they zoomed in on him and they were showing him doing all the... Uh... Like the blinking in net? He does that anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'm just game. wondering if the spotter was kind of like, oh, this guy must be concussed idiot. because of it. No, he blinks in interviews. Like, he just oh, here, like here's, here's Jake DeBrest to come in to not score a goal, guaranteed. <laughs> but, did, did, so there's a trend here that I, I initially didn't start out trying to fill here. Did, do you want... Former Rangers bring, being brought back. So you so want JT the first Miller. Target, yeah, so the first target is JT Miller. Now, I talk about Lekkanen. Obviously, no Ranger ties there. Bring him in for one of the right, uh, wing, right wing spots. But you still need a 3C. Now, I was looking throughout the league at teams that are going to be selling or guys who might be available. Who's a 3C that doesn't break the bank and can contribute offensively? Because we don't need another strictly defensive guy. And there's not, it's slim pickings, you know what I mean? So I landed on this name. He's a favorite of yours. He's a favorite of mine. Derek Broussard. Uh, No matter what, dude, I love Derek Broussard. Just came back from his hip injury. He's on a one-year deal for 875. Yeah, cheap money. Mm -hmm. 
experience with the Rangers. If you put him, if he's healthy and you put him at three C again, he's not in your top six. Well, not counting. Holy on fuck! Time. Jake DeBrus scored a goal in a shootout. That's because Igor's concussed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow, blew me away. Buried it too. Like wow. Okay. But uh, he could be your three C. There's not a lot of pressure on him, and then he can also contribute on your power play. So I think that's a worthwhile add. It will probably cost a mid-round pick at most to get him. So I add him there. I was Mika just faked out sway. Like Jay's, his jock right now is in the fifth row at MSG. Wow, <laughs> what a team! The last, the last guy I bring in, and this is for that sixth, seventh defenseman. So the Rangers have Schneider on the third pair on the right side. He's not going anywhere. They're trying him with Zach Jones for the next few games to see how it works out. If that works, then you have Nemeth as your seventh D. I would still bring in another defenseman who can play the right side in case Schneider uh, falters. Anton Strawman. You would bring Strawman back. Okay, because I remember there was uh, some love-hate there. Oh, I love Strawman. I thought the decision to let him walk for Dan Boyle was... One of the reasons why the Rangers went on their yearly decline when, after they made the Cup Final. 2015 on down was losing Strawman's consistent 18 to 20 minutes. <sighs> wow. What a deke by Panarin. Fuck. It's like these guys are good or something. Yeah, it, like, it just outweighed them. Like, that was just... <laughs> Panarin is one of the slowest... And I mean, in like uh, sway was sway was out by fucking uh, just like half an inch, and he got beat to the back post. There, he was out too far, waiting for the shot. But yeah, so those are the guys I target. If I'm looking for a guy who's not going to break the bank as your seventh defenseman who can play the right side, bring me Strawman, mid-round pick. Oh, cool. Broussard is your three C mid round pick, and then a big deal for JT Miller, and then adding like that. W- if all those deals happened, the Rangers forward group would be Kreider, Sabanajad, Miller, Panarin, Strom, Lekkinen, Heedle, Broussard, and Goodrow. Um, under oh no, Heedle, Broussard, and Kako, and then Rooney, Good, uh, Goodrow, and Reeves as your fourth line. Coyle just buried it, so right now it's on Lafreniere's stick, coming over top of the circle. One, two. Save by Swayman. Uh, well, it's more like in sudden death round. Well, right? no, that was the end of round three, but you guys were bottom of the third, so they would have won it there. Oh, God. Um, Offering year has been all right. You can tell that wasn't the uh, the move he wanted to do. He was kind of looked painful there. Like, ugh. They need to go with uh, Foxy here. That, next, that'll next probably round. be your next guy. We got Holla right now. Save Shishirkin. That that move by Pasta awful. Was like, there was no effort there. He yeah. it looked like a fucking limp noodle. Yeah, <laughs> I when I saw that, I was like, wait, that was yeah. Pasta. Well, you can look at it. So yeah, you're right. Here comes Fox. Let's see what we got here. Uh, Fox is another guy that'll outweigh you. Yeah. He, oh, he goes wide, very wide to his forehand side. Whoop! Oh, what a save by Swayman! Wow. But that's the move that Fox usually goes with, too. So. Yeah, he went out far. I'm actually surprised there, uh, just, you know, because a sniper like myself would know. But uh, he cut <laughs> in front of the dot there. I thought he would have went around the dot and then came back because then you're selling it that you're going a lot more far side. It looked like he cut in right before. 
Taylor Hall coming down right now. Deeks left foot. Glove save. Shashirkin. Um, what do you got for game of the week this week? Game of the week I have tomorrow night. We're recording this on Tuesday. It might be posted on a Wednesday, so it might be tonight. Vegas uh, against Colorado, the return of Jack oh, dude, Thank God, because when you said tomorrow night, I go, fuck, I was picking Florida at Carolina. So, good. <laughs> my, Game of the uh, night tomorrow, Florida at Calor- Carolina. <laughs> right there. My, my lock of the week is Thursday. Vancouver on the road against San Jose. Vancouver at San Jose. Okay, I am going. My lock is Saturday, and just because we just played it, I do think it's going to be a good game. But Bruins back in Ottawa, I think that we're going to win that again. But we, uh, we just need to play consistently. It's always been our biggest thing, right? Like we never play a full sixty minutes. We came out in the first period on Ottawa on Saturday and just completely shut them down. They didn't have anything going. And we kind of got weaker throughout the game, just us being in general. But Swayman played really well. I think we have Ottawa's number. And it kills me to do that because you know I love Ottawa. So Bruins are – and yeah. then uh, Big Daddy's going to the Bruins-Avalanche uh, game on Monday. 1 o'clock start, President's Day, probably going to be pretty ripped up because this was allegedly – it was allegedly game. supposed to be for my birthday. And then, you know, COVID came back and everything canceled. Oh, my God. Kreider just went with the uh, Kucherov move. And fucking Swayman read it the whole way. He did that in the uh, all the skills competition. Wow, too. I I can't believe he did. Wow. All right. Well, shout out. Shout outs this week. Um, Mother Nature going down again. Not feeling that bitch. Um, I, I'm gonna say it right now. I, I got a text message yesterday from a uh, N- Nick Lorenza, and um, he magically wanted me to play in the hockey tournament this year. And Uh-oh. as quick as I received that message was as quick as I sent back within 10 seconds of receiving it all set. Like, <laughs> like, and I mean it, like, uh, honestly, like, I don't want to fucking see you. I don't want to play on your fucking team. Like, you just go fuck yourself. So that, that, that's how I'm feeling. Um, yeah, I'm just better right. just not dealing with it. But, but what about, oh, my Valentine, too. Big Red. Great, great Valentine. You, you know, keep her around. Wow, toe save on Heedle when Heedle tried doing the Forsberg. All right, so now we're going into round eight. All the shootout moves are just... It, dude, you, you guys you guys are doing shootout moves. Our guys are going into yeah. shooting. Like, it's completely different. <laughs> and why is it Nick Felino on here, like, and not Grizzlick or anybody, like, any other forward? Like, Nick Felino. I'm surprised Frederick won. Toe save by Shashurkin. Yeah. Yeah, the Felino. Fuck me. Yeah, you don't say Nick. Um, shout outs for me. I'm just going to go with uh, Hank once again, went to his Jersey retirement. We laughed, we cried. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times, but it was nice to see him get his due. Obviously, uh, since he wasn't able to say goodbye before, you know, uh, his plane. Why does Hank get his number retired? But Tuca doesn't. That's what I want to know. Why isn't Tuca Hank for? If you, uh, ever compare Tuca Rask. Henrik Lundqvist again, I will take the accelerator. Dude, what, what, what's the difference asleep. between a Finn and a Swede? I mean, there's, there's not really a difference. <laughs> How about, uh, let's see what, what a Tuca pulled for a wife, and then we'll go start comparing there. Oh, we could see. I, I'm sure we could find it somewhere. Like, none of our guys <laughs> D. Craig Smith. 
Polino's 0 for 11 in his career. Craig Smith just shot at the hash marks. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I think they just like, want dude, to go like, home, man. Igor's a good goal. you got to make a move. Like, you're not even doing anything. I bet you right now. Well, the Bruins, they probably have dinner plans because they can't go out to eat in Boston. So now they're in New York where restrictions are lifted and like, hey, boys, I was going to say, Andre's going to win it right now. Yep, they sent there Ryan it is. Reeves Andre out. just buried it. Game over. Yep, I get was it just a simple wrist? Nope, he went uh, outside to inside, just tucked it in far post, just long reach, just yeah. nice, easy move, like not an out deke, just simple. Like You could tell it was going to fucking happen. Like I could just, I yeah. saw K. Andre up there, the long arms, like he's going to out deke him to the post like everybody else did. You guys just don't have the depth right, depth right now as much as we do with guys who can like compete uh, in a dude, shootout. Dude, like, th- this is like it, right? None of the guys did deke moves. Like, go and out deke him. Like, make yeah, a I move. Did, the Craig Smith one, the Pasternak one was the worst one, but Craig Smith just stops and shoots from the hashes. I just, I can't, man. Like, fuck off. Like, Igor's just like, all right, cool. Yeah, a nice day. Like, oh, I can go to dinner soon. This is great. But, uh, all right, potential playoff preview. Us versus you? We had Good. Some. Thank God there's no uh, shootout in the playoffs. Game on, baby. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's all I have, my friend. All right. Well, everybody, thank you, as always, for listening. And uh, I know this one dragged on a little bit longer. We, we had a whole bunch of things to go off of and bouncing all around. The ADD was going. We had to clear the air with the Marshan situation. Mar- yeah, we, we had to do it. But, um, anyways, hopefully by the next time we talk, I could give you a review of the Bruins avalanche game, which is going to be a disaster because it's going to be me, big red Sierra, Steven, the abs fan. Um, big Kev is going as well. I know the strat daddy has tickets for that game too. So the before and after party are probably going to be immaculate. And I'm probably banging into work sick on the Tuesday. Holler at a player when you see him <laughs> in the street. Love y'all. Catch y'all next week. Bye. Bye. It's hard to love a guy like me I'm the smoke too high and drink too drunk type So tell me, baby, what in the hell did I do right To get to call you mine